Hi, and welcome to Modern Animism Radio. I'm Laura Giles, your host. I got a text from a frustrated listener who just wants us to tell him what to do to be an animist. I get it. I get it. It can feel frustrating to feel like this is where you belong, but you don't really know how to be here. You just want a cheat sheet or a Ten Commandments or a to-do list. I do get it. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So let's open up the show with gratitude to the elements and the ancestors. So thank you, Earth, for giving us a strong foundation, the Earth beneath our feet, all the plants that are coming up that are nourishing us with fresh food, all the physical things that allow us to enjoy this life with sensuality and beauty and boldness. Thank you, thank you, Earth. I thank the air that's been so wonderful this spring with coolness and the breeze and all the whispers that are coming in from the spirit world, all the inspiration, the thoughts, and all the wonderful things that are happening now that Mercury is in retrograde. Thank you, Air. I thank and appreciate fire uh, that's heating up and taking us towards the summer that is firing up our desires to do things and create things and make new things happen. Thank you so much, fire, for just being a part of our lives. I thank you and appreciate you, water, for allowing us to flow and to taking us where we need to go into those emotions and places we really don't feel all that comfortable, but you do pop us out again on the other side. Thank you for helping us to get through that and know that we love you so much. I'd like to love and appreciate our ancestors from the human, plant, animal, and mineral kingdoms about which we wouldn't be here and life would not be possible. Thank you so much for all that you do that is seen and unseen. I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning in, especially the ones who have been here for a long, long time and that continue to share us. We are expanding our reach, and it's a lot because of you. So we appreciate your donations, your support. Uh, those of you who have, who have reviewed us, thank you so much for that. And if um, you like our program and you haven't done that yet, I'll ask you to please do that on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And we appreciate your questions. That's how we got our topic for today is from your questions. So it helps us to know what you're interested in and helps us to be connected and meaningful to you. So please do keep those coming. And if you'd like more, you can always join our online class. So let's acknowledge the frustration. You know, I really do get it. I do get it. I've been where you are, if this is what you're feeling too. And because of that, it was really hard to put together a class. So we struggled with that. We did it, and then we took it down, and we did it again, and then we redid it again, and we redid it again because it is such a gigantic topic. This is not a six weeks and you're done type thing. It's you know, the wheel of life is your whole life. It's everything. Animism is in every aspect of your life. It's your thoughts, your feelings, the things that you do. It's it's the spirit world. It's everything. So we're tackling the whole wheel of life in bite-sized videos. <laughs> if you go to the YouTube channel, it's a teeny, teeny, tiny chunk. And then we also address people's questions, which can be um, very, like, small picture stuff. Like, um, let me think of one. Uh, somebody asked me about uh, dark auras. So, you know, that's not really something that you think about when you think about animism in the big picture, certainly not. But there's, there's all of it here, the big picture, the small picture, and it all fits together in this convoluted web. There really is structure and, and to the seemingly chaos 
I think, but the more that you have of the framework, the more sense that it makes. So if um, you don't know how air works with mercury and communication, you're like, what the what? And, you know, what does spring have to do with youth or talking to spirits or detachment? Whoa, you know, your head's spinning. It probably does seem like frustrating and you, and you want a to-do list and commandments. Just, just like, just tell me what to do. You know, how does all of this work in the real day-to-day -day world? Well, I'm hoping, we've kind of been saying this all along, but I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that today it'll start to make a little bit more sense uh, for you. And I just want to sympathize again because it, I know it is hard to be someone who's always felt lost in the mainstream world and then stumble upon this thing called animism and feel like, honey, I'm home. And yet you still feel on the outside once you're here. And honestly, I think it's going to take a while. So I'm going to ask for your patience. You know, if you want to do a deep and meaningful spiritual practice, because it is so different, it's bone deep, and it's a different way of thinking and being. And that's really, for me, the first thing that's got to change. Until that thinking changes and the way that you see the world changes, then the rest of it is going to be, mm, you're going to be a little bit removed from it. You might understand it on the surface, but those connections are not going to happen in a in a very meaningful way, I don't think. Um, I never realized how different that me and my family were from other people until I started Pan Society because people really don't have the type of conversations that bring out those differences, at least not often. Uh, but it really is different. And until you develop the way of thinking, like I said, the rest is going to be going through the motions. So I'm going to tell you about how the class is structured. So you can maybe follow along and see how you can create your own path, whether you join the class or not. So let me try it one more time. <laughs> it clicks this time. Um, so we did it this way because of that whole wheel of life thing. And everybody's in a different place. So we can't really, I mean, I think we can start at um, mindfulness. And even if you've had mindfulness before, it's still a good place to start. But once you get past that, so that's going to address the thinking thing. And then once you get past that, everybody's going to have different interests, different strengths, and you'll need different things. So I think it's appropriate that there be different paths. And if we gave you 10 commandments, 10 steps, then that would not be honoring you. I think it is an individual journey. It's up to you to be the one driving the boat. And that may mean that you go backward and forward and backward and forward. I think it's okay because there's no wrong there's no wrong turns. Wherever you go, it's going to be okay. And if we did a, first you do this, then you do that, then you do that, then you wouldn't be living your journey. You would be living what I think your journey should be. So I really like the freedom in this. I really like that it honors you. You go at your pace. You go with what you're interested in. One of the reasons why I ask you to tell, you know, tell me what you're interested in. Ask me questions is because, the way of learning um, from an animist perspective is ju just that. It's driven by you. So when you, you could be learning anything. Let's say, oh, I want to learn how to do with herbs. So I go to the herb person, the herb expert, and I ask them questions. Okay? And it shows me how to do this or tells me what I need to know. And then I go away. And then if I go off and play video games and I go, you know, travel around the world or whatever, that's where, my, that's where my learning ends. 
because it's driven by me, me, my desire, what am I willing to do, where is my foundation, where is my dedication, they're not going to work harder than you do. And I'm not going to work harder than you. <laughs> Just letting you know that. I will walk beside you every step of the way. I will hold your hand. I will cheerlead for you. I'm not going to work harder than you do. So you got to show up. you got to participate. you got to, you know, let me know what you need. And if you just sit there, then you'll just sit there. It's your life. So it really is the whole thing, even the teaching aspect of it is animism. It's like if you go to learn Zen, the stories are that you would go to the Zen master and you'd say, oh, would you accept me as a, as a student? And they would say, no, get away from here. And you'd have to go through that to prove your dedication over and over and over again. It could be a year. It could be longer before they would accept you. Because you've got to have some skin in the game. And even after that, if you've ever done any, any reading about Zen, it's very circular. And it keeps hitting you over the head with all the ways that you resist. Uh, like It's basically saying that there is no problem. So you ask a question and it comes back to, they're not answering you. Have you ever read any of the comments? Either you get it or you just be frustrated forever. It's kind of thing that you could muse on for a year and maybe still not get it. And then, oh, once it hits you, just like, oh, I got it, okay. Animism, I don't think, is that difficult because we're more, I, don't, I won't say more, we're, I'm more engaged in the, in the day-to-day living um, than that. We don't have monasteries or anything like that where you go in and contemplate, you know, engage in the world. But at the same time, it is just more reciprocal and we do this together versus there's a hierarchy where a teacher is telling you what to do. Teacher is telling you what to think. And, you know, you have somebody who has power over you and who, who is wiser than you. And we don't have the guru structure at all. It's everybody is as important as everybody else. So we're walking with you. And... We don't have the Ten Commandments because life's a circle. There's no done. There's no arriving. It's always changing. And sometimes it's yin and sometimes it's yang. It's day and then it's night. And if we had hard and fast rules, we'd sometimes be wrong because of that always changing thing. Uh, we're just like nature. We evolve. We respect differences. We enjoy freedom. We also cultivate connection, which keeps it all in balance. So there's really no way to do this with rules or commandments or Step by step. And if you look at all the religions that have come and gone, you know, now look at what's still here. It's animism. That's why. Because it works. <laughs> there are no rules. So, yep, it makes it harder to get started from scratch. I love structure. I love to feel my feet underneath my, uh, the ground underneath my feet. But um, I think when you get used to that movement, so COVID has really done that for me. You know, it's been so destabilizing, and nothing is certain. You don't even know from one day to the next what's going on. And after about three months of that, it was just like, okay, cool, this is where we are. And then you just start to roll with it, and really that's what life is like. It is. So it helps you to be more flexible. So it's been a blessing for me. If you don't like that, you might not like this course. Just saying. <laughs> I know. It is harder. Um to get started from scratch. But we do have some structure. 
and that sovereignty and connection and oneness. And when we were creating Pan Society, we, we talked about that so, so much. You know, is, is this enough? Do you want other things? And, and I think it's perfect. Sovereignty is the masculine, connection is the feminine, the yin and the yang. You put those two together and you have a wholeness. So how do we do that? So first, like I say, you don't have to do anything in, in the course. You don't have to do anything any way. There's the introduction to kind of get your feet wet and let you know what's going on. And then what I suggest that people do is the mindfulness piece. Because, like I said, that is, if you don't have that way of thinking, you're just going to be all over the place. And even people who have told me that they've done, uh, I don't know what the big name for the mindfulness people are. There's a couple of them. You know, oh, I did that class. Even people who have done that still benefit from the refresher. So, and, and even I've done, let's see, when, how long ago did I do my first mindfulness class? It's probably been 13, 14, 13 or 14 years ago now. And I still go back to basics. So it's something that you, um, you use, and it evolves every single day. So you, it's, again, you're not done with it, ever. You're always doing mindfulness, and it's always growing because we forget. <laughs> we go back to our habits. It's hard to stay present in an ever-changing world, so it is a practice. Sovereignty is a good next step. Sovereignty is about you. Who are you? Where are you? Are you sure? We can get into habits of thinking and make all kinds of, we do make all kinds, not we can, we do make all kinds of assumptions about all kinds of things and ourselves too. We think we know ourselves and then you get hit over the head and figure out, no, <laughs> you know, or I, I, I thought I would be on that, oh, I didn't. Oh, I just betrayed myself. How did that happen? These things happen all the time and if you... The more that you know of yourself and the more you do a review, you check in, what are my values, where do I stand, those kinds of things, I think the less likely it is to happen, it's still going to happen, honestly. But I think if you're doing that sovereignty, check in periodically, and you're practicing it, you're practicing standing in your car, you're practicing good boundaries, then it's going to happen less and with less catastrophic consequences. So I think it's good to start there. So that's the very young thing. Um, some people feel like that's uh, selfish, but I think that it's self-love. And if you're not living your life through a lens of self-love, then you might be doing a little, uh, I don't know, what you sacrifice your life to some martyr. You might be being a martyr. I don't know that that's the best use of your time, but you are free to do whatever you like. <laughs> I say do you first um, because it's a hero's journey. And uh, let's, since I'm done with the hero's journey, let's skip to that. So archetypes, there's a section on archetypes because I think if you're lost or if you need some guidance, you need a mentor and there isn't one around, you can always look to the archetypes in the hero's journey. So if it very briefly, um, if you don't know what the hero's journey is, this was, I think it was codified by uh, Joseph Campbell. And he basically says that we all start out as the innocent, and then something happens. So actually, I'm, I'm blending Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung now. 
Carl Jung said, not to happen, we get wounded, and that now we're standing in our wild child self, or wounded child, sorry. It could be a wild child, I guess. And then with the hero, uh, something calls to his heart, oh, I have to do this thing, which could be dealing with the wounding, or it could be something else. And if you watch Hollywood movies, they all follow this blockbuster template. So there's something I have to do. I have to save the world. I have to save something. Save the girl. Win the girl. Something. And he meets with a mentor. Mentor gives him some help. Like um, in Back to the Future, the DeLorean guy helps him out. Or it could be Yoda or Obi-Wan Kenobi or I don't know. Somebody gives him some kind of the, the good witch of the northeast. I'm not sure. Not the west. <laughs> That's the wicked one. So somebody helps out. They get started on this journey. There's fights, there's battles, little battles, little bosses, and then you finally get to the big boss. Now I'm talking video. Uh, I could be flying. You get to the big boss, and now you've comforted it all. you got to go back home, right? You go back home, where there's all these people. So most, lots of people think that it's, oh, you conquered the big, big boss and you're done. Ta-da! You're king of the world. But actually what has to happen is the hero has to come back comes back to the world where nobody else has been on this adventure. Nobody knows what she's gone through. So like soldiers in war, you know, you go to Iraq, if any veterans are out there, and you have all those horrible things happen to you, you go back home and it's like, it's surreal. Like, where were all these people? We're living in the twilight zone. I don't even know how to be here anymore. And you have to figure out how to fit back in. Now that you've had all these adventures, and maybe or maybe not, they're looking at you as a hero because maybe they don't even know what all the things you've done. Like, stand by me. They had um, this, this uh, what do you call it, uh, change of life? Not change of life, that's menopause. <laughs> um, you know, when, when you're 12 and you do the thing where you kind of graduate up to from childhood. You know what I'm talking about, the, the phrase escapes me. But that, that thing, sometimes there's not a witness for that. Though, you know, you go home and nobody knows what you've been through, but you're so thoroughly changed. That's the hero's journey. So how do you how do you do all that? And within all of those steps, there's archetypes that can help you figure out where you are and what you need. That's why I like the archetypes. Because sometimes we don't have anybody to turn to. Sometimes the world around us is just crazy <laughs> or the people around us are crazy. And we don't have anybody who's wise enough or who's been through what we've we've been through or who can understand and you got to look outside of yourself for, for help. Where is it? It's in the archetype. And if you can understand this, this is kind of like a wheel to me. If you can understand the wheel, if you can understand this, you always have guidance. You always have the ability to have your feet on solid ground, even if you're spinning through the, the universe in liminal space. you got something that's solid with you. Okay, so that's part of this class, too. I would make that part, if I were learning, and it wasn't for the first time. I would make that part of my turn. So before that, I would actually do connection, though, because sovereignty and connection are the foundation. So I was talking to somebody the other day about connecting and how that is just, we don't. We just don't. We, we don't teach each other how to do that. We teach each other how to fit in, which might seem like connection, but it could also be a barrier to connection 
Because if I have to fit in, then I have to be approved of. I have to be enough like you that I don't stick out. That's why we have sovereignty in there. Because if, if all I'm doing is the connection piece without sovereignty, then I'm basically kissing butt. And if I have to do that, then I probably don't feel safe enough to be myself. And there are a lot, a lot of people who go through life without ever being authentic. I don't know you, you don't know me, because I don't trust. And the bigger piece of that, I think, is I don't trust myself. Because let's say that I'm with somebody. Years, you know, I have a friendship of, of however long, a decade, or a partnership of a decade, and something happens, and I don't feel like I can talk to you. Because you're going to judge me, you're going to not want to be with me anymore. It, that's not really the problem, is it? The problem is, what am I going to think about myself, or what are other people going to say if that bad thing happened. So really, it's I don't trust myself. I don't trust myself to deal with the worst case scenario. So the lack of connection really comes down to you and your willingness to be vulnerable, your willingness to be yourself, even if it means being ostracized. So connection is a really deep, personal, journey to get there. And then we have different layers of it and layers, and it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And it's like, how many masks can you take off before you're just naked and feel good about it? So that's, um, if you just did your whole whole time doing that, any one of these, you could just explore one aspect of this and just grow for the rest of your life. I think it's that especially because we are so far behind. These are not the kind of things that people teach. They teach you how to have a job. They teach you how to get in school. So when you're in elementary school, elementary, junior high, high school, all of that is about getting into a job. You either go into a job after that or you go to more college, to more school, and then get into a job after that. So your first thing that you do as a Western person is be good in school, then be good in work, then be good at making money, then be good at making appearances. And when do you ever get to learn about you, creativity, nature, people, relationships, love, where the hell is it What is making your life worthwhile? You make a bunch of money, maybe leave something behind your kids, and you die? Whoopee. <laughs> I hope that your life is more than that. I know I'm projecting my desires onto you. I certainly want my life to be more than that. And it has. Thank God. Um, okay. So I don't know if these are, the rest of them are kind of like, uh, that's the bulk of it right there. The rest of this stuff is, is, it's all a work in progress. We keep adding, adding, adding as people ask questions. But here are some of the stuff, other things that are included. So dream. Um, dreams are part of the uh, symbolic getting into the right brain. Get, it's, I wouldn't call it the spirit world or the otherworldly stuff. It's kind of like a, dreams are liminal space, I think. 
So it's kind of working in that liminal space of dreams. I love dreams. We don't have divination in there yet, but I'm sure that's coming because that's another way of working symbolically in, 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 uh, in, with intuition. Um, we've got problem solving. So problem solving is going to be like life skills. So the thing, it, it's the bridge stuff, the stuff that will get you from there to here. So um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Okay, so one that I, I gave the client uh, yesterday, two days ago, is uh, the system seeks homeostasis. So in the process of trying to change, you're going to get kicked back because the system seeks homeostasis. So the system is a circulatory system, a uh, ecosystem, any kind of thing that, where there's other two, two or more things working together. They find a way of balancing, and once they find that way of balancing, they want it to stay that way because that's what's comfortable. Even in a dysfunctional system, like if you come from an alcoholic family and um, let's say the dad is the alcoholic, everybody learns how to tiptoe around that. That's how the system functions. So dad goes to rehab, and now it's all discombobulated because we don't know what to do anymore. And so what, what will typically happen is dad comes out of rehab. It's good for a little while, two weeks, 30 days, maybe two months, and then it goes right back to the way that it was because there are these um, pressures for things to be the same. We all say we want to hear. But really what we want is to be comfortable, and that's what we know. So system seeks homeostasis is a problem-solving thing that can help you to bridge from where you were to where you need to be to understand the material. So there's lots of those kinds of things. Another, another example of that would be emotional regulation. So let's say that you have a trauma history, and you keep getting uh, sidetracked by emotional breakdowns. So there's going to be things like that to help you deal with those emotional breakdowns. Not definitely not a substitute for therapy, but you know we didn't have therapists. Therapy's only been around for 120 years, and indigenous cultures certainly didn't have therapists because you had elders, <laughs> and you had you had to have life skills or you wouldn't survive. So this kind of bridges the gap. It's not a substitute for therapy. It's not trauma treatment, but it'll help. Okay. So then we have rituals and ceremonies because a lot of people come here for that. And we, Pan Society does have its own rituals and ceremonies, even though the best ones are going to be the ones that you make up for yourself that are um, a reflection of the need of the moment, of your geography, of your cosmology, of your deities, your, you know, all of that. But we do have some, uh, and we're developing more so that people come together from different places, we'll have a common thing that unites us. So those are there, and those are everything in the process of being developed. Also have natural living. So these are going to be the kinds of things that uh, have to bring more natural living into your life. So I think everybody wants to get away from pesticides and uh, artificial colors. And, and I know lots of us already do this. So there are going to be ways of doing that. So moving in a more natural direction so you feel like you're living in harmony with nature. Uh, there's natural healing. So there's all different, that, that is such a gigantic topic. We're just barely scratching the surface on that so far. But it's going to be a way to help you help yourself. So this is not shamanism. That's a totally different thing. Um, 
But if you know anybody who is indigenous, then you know that they they know things about how to use the plants in the environment, how to do things. Even if you're your country, like you had a great grandmother, grandmother who would put black tar on your chest when you were sick. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. All of those um, old wives' tales and things like that to, to help you just engage with the the natural land and uh, to heal yourself. Wheel of Life is certainly super important. Uh, that's my go-to archetypes and Wheel of Life. So we will do that. And really, I think so. It's it's called experiential animism. So it's not about me telling you da 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 da. I'll do that. But it's kind of like that. All that talking is just there to support you having your own experience. So it's kind of like an introduction to. Uh, your experience. So if I tell you, okay, this this plant kills this. Try try this. Blah blah blah. And then you go and try it. If you believe in it and if you use it, it's going to be because you had the experience. It worked for you. So it's not like, oh, I'm doing this because Laura Giles told me to. <laughs> I think this because Laura Giles told me to. I think this because Laura Giles had this experience of this. No, it's going to be because you had your own experience, and it's something that you believe. Your experiences are going to be really different than mine. I totally expect you to agree with something and not agree with something. It might be 50-50. It might be 80-20. I have no idea. But when it's your belief based on your experience, then it's going to be rock solid, right? And it'll change because life changes. You, you'll learn other things and be like, oh, I have to incorporate this new idea now. Does that mean I believe less or believe more or whatever? It's going to change. Totally cool. That's what it should do. Okay? So it's not going to be like a whole other trail. I don't, I don't belong here anymore. No, no there's uh, lots of room for lots of uh, different expressions of animus. So I certainly hope to hear different stories and hope that you join us sharing that because and that way we can all grow together. And I say that a lot. And I really do mean it because, you know, if, if all that you ever got to see is your own experience, you never heard anybody else's stories, and you never, or like, you know, what are your favorite stories? Imagine what it would be like if you never heard any stories. So what are your teachers? I, I can't even, that's just beyond my imagination. <laughs> so we do need to hear your stories, and we do need to have your questions. It, it is a participatory experience. So I didn't give you the step-by-step. -step. I gave you, like, I don't know what it was called, that, like a block by block, and you can figure it out. Those are big, giant leaves with, you know, lots and lots of things to do just in one of those things. I mean, even if you just did the problem-solving stuff to get you from closer from there to here, I think that would be incredibly worthwhile incredibly worthwhile and make you feel so much more connected. So you don't have to do it all. It's up to you what you want to do, how you want to spend your time, how you want to, you know, and, and even if you're not in the class, go to YouTube. They have, the, we have playlists. So I'm only interested in this and then just go to that playlist. So it's not going to be as deep as, as we go into the class because the class is more interactive. And you could be in the Facebook group as well and that's more interactive. But, um, yeah, let's make this happen together. I'm so excited about it. Hope to see you somewhere on Facebook uh, in a question or in the group. So 
thanks for the question. That's our show this week. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you would like to support us by donating, we are at buymeacoffee.com backslash pan society. Please like and subscribe and review. That definitely helps us out so much. So grateful for you all being here. Until the next episode of this week. See you all next week. Ciao.